Hey Zookeepers, it's Brandon, one of the Hollywood Kaiju bad boys, and I'm here to say we got a spanking hot new episode of Podzuki. We got Julie Marica back, returning champion. She hosts the podcast Bud Buddies. Give it a listen. It's about people who either smoke a lot of weed and then talk to her, or talk about the time they smoked a lot of weed. Either way, it's a good story, it's a good time, and it's a good podcast. Also, this episode has a few recording issues. I was able to salvage most of it. Some of it's a little rough for some of the recordings, but it's, it's still good. Definitely want to put it out there. It's worth a listen, and it's a fun time. Plus, we talk about Palm Springs, which is a great movie, a new movie, and if you haven't seen it, check it out. Anyways, follow us at Podzuki on Twitter. Tweet at us. We'll read it on air. And then also, uh, if you have any questions, you want to email us fan fiction or recommend movies, email us at podzukipodcast at gmail.com. That's podzukipodcast at gmail.com. And uh, finally, if you like what you hear, rate and review us on Apple, iPodcast, whatever it's called now, and uh, Spotify. It helps us a ton. And tell your friends. We appreciate it. Well, anyways, night-night. Love you. Render unto Ghidra what is Ghidra's. Ten to one he sees you through a beaker and a tweezers. Read the fine print and be like, what's the big deal? Spun wheels of steel since broke wheel, good wheel. Back when it was greasy as curl, now it's easy dread. Had a rhyme on how they used to tease him about his peasy head. Yes, yes, y'all, to the beat. Have a ball. Ooh, those were some juicy claps. They were juicy. <laughs> um, hey, guys, welcome back to another brand new edition of Podzuki. The only podcast to be good. Um, I'm, I'm, one of your, I'm one of your co-hosts, Brandon Kirkman. I'm doing well in 2020. I think 2020 is my year. Um, how, how's everybody else doing? Yeah, I'm another hey. one of your co-hosts, Luke Evans Flip, and I'm doing okay. Uh, hey, I'm your third co-host, Martin Felschman, and I'm also I'm, I'm doing relatively okay. And I'm, ooh, who's who's this? Oh, sorry, I cut you off before you could even get in. That's right, I'm so good at hosting. Don't even think about it, Julie America. Guys, we have a returning champion. We made her watch the pest last time, which should be considered a war cry. <laughs> Guys, it's it's Julie America. She's back, baby. I'm back, baby. Yeah. I was just gonna say it's fun. I I forgot I haven't hung out with you in so long. I forgot how bad you are at self awareness to be like this is the best podcast. While you're featuring another podcaster on your podcast. <laughs> All the podcasts are bad. If you make one, you are bad. I am also bad at hosting. Um, yeah, it's been a while since we've seen each other in person and hosted Pressure, and that makes me very sad. But it, yeah. I still bad at introducing people. Still bad at it. I'm glad to see not much has changed. I do miss your face very much, though. Oh, I miss your face, too. I miss I miss uh, Clementine. I mean, I didn't you know I didn't see her too often, but when you do, it's it's pretty good. So. Yeah, yeah. I'll bring around pressure next time that we're allowed to be in public together, and it's not illegal. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that in 2025. Um, how's it's never not going to be illegal? Governments outlawed friendship. <laughs> yeah, you know it truly is. I think we're going to have to get the Care Bears in to fix this situation here soon. <laughs> Trump um, was talking about him abolishing the suburbs, but. What we should be concerned about is the friendship. Yeah, the friendship is the most important thing. Um, as has friendship, nothing can float without it. Oh, oh. oh. do you need oh. a boater's license for that? Yeah. They Probably. all float <laughs> down here. Oh, yeah, that's true. Friendship all does float down. Um, how's how's everybody doing? Didn't we cover that I'm going to go into an internal loop. I want to this episode. <laughs> because you know why oh man guys this is such a freaking great segue um 
we watched the movie Palm Springs, and it's a little, it's a little loopy. You like that? Ooh, nice. Oh. Um, I feel like we should talk about how we kind of threw this together. We got Julie on, which is great, um, and we were trying to decide what to watch. And I kept like recommending three different things. We were possibly going to watch a few episodes of Cheers, just because I thought it'd be fun. And then Julie suggested uh, Summer Camp Island, which was very good and cute. And then I was like, oh, we should probably watch a movie. Um, we were also going to have Aaron McDavis back to make up for the Lost episode. Um, and then talk about his life post-COVID-19 now that he's doing pretty hot, which is great. Um, but then he got called back into work because the future is a terrible nightmare. Um, so I feel like I'm just doing an Aaron watch each week until we get him back. So that's that's the update for the Aaron watch right now. I, I think if anyone's ever listened to our podcast, they love Aaron McDavis as much as we do. And I'm sure they appreciate the news. Yeah. Yeah, they, I'm, they, I'm honestly like really invested. And I might start listening to your podcast now that I know Aaron McDavis is going to be on it. <laughs> I'm so sorry to hear that, Julian. You're going to be disappointed right away. Actually, I shouldn't say that. We've been on a hot streak. We had on Nico last episode. Shout out to Nico. We talked about Jurassic Park. Um, it was really fun. And then we had Georgia Gove before we had that last episode talking about Wishbone. And that was really fun. Aww. And Yeah, it's it's a good string. So I'm so sad to say this is the end of it. It was a good run. But, <laughs> but Julie's here. Yeah. I, I'm just razzing. The roast master, Brandon Kirkman. Big dog's I, out. Our, our, <laughs> Big dog Kirkman. So, I would be so bad at roasting because I think I would say, like, just kidding after every mean joke I said because I'd feel really bad about hurting somebody's feelings by accident. Uh, I, I feel this. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, Steve Malloy, the New York comedian who used to be out here, we did a roast before he moved. And I said that he looked like if uh, Muppet fucked bad and had a baby. And he looked really sad when I said it, even though everybody laughed really hard. And I still feel bad. You still feel bad even though Steve Malloy looks sad all the time. <laughs> he does look sad all the time. So, you know what? I take it back. I'm, I'm a hero to comedy. And that the voice comedy needs the most right now. A white straight male. Um, that, that only says negative things about other people. Good job. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think a lot of comedians actually feel that, but they don't ever think about it. So. Yeah. You speak your truth, King. Uh, thanks. Did you, drop, <laughs> did you drop this crown as well, fellow King? I don't hate the King build-up, though. That's I like this. Yeah, I've talked way too much already. Um, how do you how are you guys feeling about this movie before we jump in? Like a pre-review. I had this idea today. <laughs> uh, going going into it, I was like, oh, I, I like Andy Samberg, and I I like the concept. So even even going into it, I was like, okay, I've got I've got hopes for this to at least not be terrible. Did uh did any of you know about the movie's plot or what was going to happen? I watched a lot of Hulu, went? so yeah, I was uh, very familiar with the, same. With, <laughs> with um, the trailers and stuff, yeah. and like. It was good. I mean, it's definitely a straight-to-DVD movie. It's of that caliber, but it, it's a cute little movie. It's a good way to spend an evening. Yeah. I feel um, like... Oh, go ahead. It's just, it's one of my new favorites, honestly. Like, I don't get sucked into things often, and I don't know if I just need a vacation so badly that I was like, oh, to be able to live, like kind of just free like that like he had like access oh, to this so money good. and i'm like oh like on the pool where like he's like the friend too so he can leave whenever like he can kind of just do whatever with this new reality and i'm yeah. like i don't hate that idea like i already feel like i'm in groundhog's day i'd rather be in palm springs doing it yeah because it's a great setting um i i had the experience of like way back 2011 
um, some family was getting married actually out in like the Palm Springs, kind of like Palmdale area, and they had a, they had like a like a winter home they stayed at that was very similar to the one in this movie. And it was just a really fun week and a good time. So I'd, I'd sick, love to be sick. Brag, Brandon, sick brag. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. I'm very rich, by the way. My name is Jeff Bezos. Hello, everybody. Um, I wanted to talk about the film setting a record at Sundance Films too when they sold it. They sold it for uh, 69 cents more than any movie had ever been sold before. Because um, they said it would be very funny <laughs> to do a 69 joke. So I really appreciate that energy. I do too. I didn't know that. Thank you for right, that at, fact. At Sundance? <laughs> Did any movie been mm-hmm. sold at Sundance? Okay. Yeah, they sell movies at Sundance pretty often. That's where a lot of like independent publishers and uh, organizations will like pick up movies that aren't part well, of yeah, the Yeah, I, I, know, I know that. You know, <laughs> your, your Weinsteins, your Cosbys. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Your CKs, um, they they go there. They get the movies. They get them out. It's good. Yeah, I'm familiar with that. I just, uh, um, I guess I, I could realize that this was a movie that had been made with the intention of selling it. You can kind of tell that if you know anything about movies. That like, I don't know where I'm going with this, but yeah, that's funny yeah. enough. That sixty nine cents more. Yeah, I think it's it's a good joke. I, I'm a huge fan of the Lonely Island, like uh, that Andy Samberg, Yorma, and Akiva, yeah. who all work together. Um, they wrote on it. Uh, Yorma and Akiva usually direct the films, but they got a new director for this named Max Bar or Barbaco. Um, I think this is like the only movie he's done officially. But hey, if that's your first movie, man. Good start. That's yeah, no, real real solid director. I thought the directing was so well done. Like I actually like took some some notes for my own like reality of things I enjoy. I try to keep an eye out for like little things like why, what, what, what is it about that? That makes me so into it. And there were some moves like they would do where he'd look and then you'd have the perspective and the POV, but then it'd go back to these normal. And I'm like, that's not a hard thing to do. And a lot of movies do it, but the way they do it is so smooth and it like, they take an extra second to do things. So it feels deliberate. I don't know. I liked it. Yeah. I think with the idea of it being like a time loop, they do a lot of cuts that are very quick and like of the time. I really Mm -hmm. like that. It kind of feels like compiled after a while, which is nice. So like it, it had a pretty clear direction, which I think is why, I mean, it's way too early to get into the reviews, but I think why it feels a little heads above, comedy movies right now i've been watching um this made me realize too how how low the bar for comedy films have been for me lately (laughs) um does it feel like the last four to five years comedy films are just bad or is it just me no no you're right movies in general the last few years have been bad (laughs) i don't well i don't know man there's things that surprise me and i really enjoy like i was thinking about the last film I saw before this was Hide and Seek, and that was such a good, fun horror film. I hadn't seen anything like that in a while, and it made me really happy about movies again. So, Have you all seen Killing Gunther? No, it's a good no. name, though. Um, it's a very silly, funny movie, and I'm not usually into the like the kind of slapstick humor like of the traditional like Will Ferrell type. You know, like what comedy is for a long time, or was for a long time? Mm-hmm. But it, it yeah. feels like it fits in that world. It's Taron Killam. And a bunch of like that that status, um, CC from New Girl. I don't know if you <laughs> you know, um, yeah. but like very, it's funny, but it's so fucking funny. Like it's like it's very much the silly shit. Like you're like this would be a fun movie to work on, right on. But also, it is just a very funny, stupid fucking movie. But it's an assassin movie, so it's also like an action movie behind it. Ooh, and right. it's within the last five years, but that's the only movie that came to my brain. Like the rest, I'm like, yeah, you're right. Uh, I haven't seen very many good comedies. I mean, 
we, I think we've even talked about it on here a few times, but I, I don't like Judd Apatow that much. I mean, at the time when I first saw, like, Four Year Old Virgin, it was great, but I feel like so many films have adopted this, like, we're going to improvise half the lines and have a loose script, and the more I think about them, like, why make a movie then? Like, what's that, who's that for? <laughs> like, of, these people are, like, kind of slightly funny, and they say something that's kind of similar to a joke, but it's not really because it's improvised, and then it, the movie's over. Like, I don't... Yeah, that's a very... Um, my mind's getting blown right now because I looked up Judd Apatow while I was talking the about The Duplass brothers do that a lot, too. Yeah. I, I well, I the like Duplass brothers are I interesting. I do like a Duplass, too, because I was going to say, like, when they go outside of the kind of mumblecore genre, like when, uh, the Duplass brothers did Creep, that was a really good horror film. I'm like, they should, they should experiment more, I feel like. Get out there. Be crazy. Um, but also I just realized me and Judd Apatow have the same birthday of December 6th when I looked him up. Hell yeah. Oh, that's a fun fact. You're both yeah, Pisces. No, I don't know what it is. Sagittarius. Sagittarius. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it's really important for people to know. And uh, hey, two mediocre white males sharing the same birthday. That's pretty cool. That's you never happened are, before. You're, you're basically brothers. We are basically brothers. birthday with Dick Van Dyke. Oh, that's that's a lot cooler. I want that one. Give me a <laughs> And he's, he's not dead. He's still alive. Yeah. Wait, is he? Yeah, yeah he's, he's like 94. Wow! I was actually, for some reason, yesterday I was looking at because I knew I had the same birthday as his, him, but I wanted to confirm for some reason, and I was shocked to be like, "Holy shit, he's still alive!" Yeah, nice. it's. Uh, I mean, it's one of those crazy things to think about because you see those people, and if they're in a black and white show, you just assume they're dead. <laughs> hey, hey, no, like mo- most of the time, you're right. Yeah, like you don't even need to look up Barney Fife. You know what's going on with that fucker? He on oh, the yeah. ground. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Fights in the ground. I want to. I want to plug uh, your show because my I share a birthday with Goldblum. So let's wa- oh, listen to the oh. old Jurassic Park in honor of that. <laughs> that is uh, Jurassic Park is so good. When we went back and watched that for last uh, episode, it's still man. That movie still hits. Like, it holds up. Yeah. I realize that the space in that film feels so familiar that it's like visiting an old house you used to live in. Whenever I watch it now, I think because of how many times I watched it as a kid. But we should talk about the film. I just realized that's what we do on this podcast. We talk about monster movies, and what's more monstrous than time? Hmm, that's good. That's very good, Brandon. <laughs> all right, it's almost like you planned that out. Yeah, let's end the episode on a high note, guys. It's so fun having <laughs> you all here. Um, uh, I got a weird energy tonight. I feel like, and I'm talking too much. But uh, did did somebody else want to summarize the movie? Because I watched it a week ago. <laughs> I thought we worked together. Don't we work together to do it? We could work together. We all kind of take turns describing it. Uh, I don't know. I mean, the movie starts out, there's a wedding going on in Palm Springs, I guess. And Andy Samberg is one of the guests, and he's stuck in a time loop from the very beginning. (laughs) But you don't well, know like, that. You don't start yeah, out like, with that information. The slow yeah. build-up to it's pretty good, because they do that cut with his eyes opening, and you see that he's with uh, his girlfriend, Misty. Um, I, I love when a film has just a bad character. I talked about this once again with Jurassic Park last week, of like um, Wayne Knight's character, um, of just being completely yeah. shitty, so it's fun to dunk on him. Uh-huh. That's, definitely, oh, yeah. that's definitely Misty in this film. She but, like, plays it so well. Yeah. Oh, she plays it... That's that. I feel like that's a lot of characters in this film. Yeah, you're not you're not supposed to like most people. They do a good job at that, but you're also like you're, I I felt more ambivalent towards a lot of people. Yeah, I especially I mean, she, she's definitely vapid. 
like the yeah. way she plays it, but uh, and mean and self-centered. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. That's a really good word. I think Vapid's like the perfect kind of character trait for her. But like, yeah. um, she offers to have sex with Niles, which is Andy Samberg's character. And then she's like, you know what? I have to get busy. Do you just want to jerk off to me while I'm getting busy? And I love the shot of him just looking and trying so hard. Um, I feel like it sets up the tone of the movie really well. Um, yeah, she's a, just checked out fully. Yeah, I think a good J.O. joke is always appreciated in a film. I don't know. If you've ever had sex like that, or like neither one of you are really into it, but it's just happening, yeah, it does get that pretty well. Yeah. No. Um, I mean, as, as a married man of 10 years, no, that's never happened. Um <laughs> But they they start getting ready for a wedding happening that night. And I think this is when you start finding out the little hints about the film of what's going on. Because Niall's character is like, he knows everything that's kind of going on a few seconds ahead of time. Especially when they get into the dance where uh, he sees Sarah, who's the other kind of main character in this. And they start yeah, that, that was the point where I knew, like, okay, he's already in the time loop. Yeah. Because, mm. like, like, I knew that because of the trailers. And I think most people who are watching the movie, like, you don't go to a movie and not know what the movie's about. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So she, um, also Misty's the, the best friend of the bride getting married. So you kind of, the bride is like a side character that you don't really have much on other than that's why they're attending the wedding. So it's mainly Andy Samberg's movie at the very start. Yeah. Oh yeah. Though I think a funny running joke is I think you get his name Niles a few times, but he's almost always referred to as Misty's boyfriend, which I think is really funny. Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I was going to say, joke. Niles is kind of, he doesn't look like a Niles. That's, they should have given like him a Niles. different name. I yeah. do, I do love that he's like walking around disheveled. It gave me such a kick to think about being at that wedding and seeing this like, like it's not even someone that should be at the wedding, right? Like it's the boyfriend of a friend. Yeah. So you're like, mm-hmm. and then he's just like making mixed drinks and like he doesn't give a fuck. Yeah. And you're like, that would be the yeah. funniest shit to see in real life. Yeah, <laughs> yeah he's wearing like, he's wearing a uh, Hawaiian print shirt. And I like when the flashback, when it's like early on when he's stuck in the time loop, he is wearing a suit. So he did bring a suit to wear. He just doesn't care anymore. Oh, are we in Moth RuPaul's Drag Race? Yeah, that's what I was going to get to, baby. We're in a Moth RuPaul's Drag Race. It's a time loop of fashion. Moth RuPaul's Drag Race. Um, I, I, I do feel like him wearing that Hawaiian shirt, which looks so good on that handsome Andy Samberg. He's in so the film, handsome. It, it makes me want to wear a Hawaiian shirt to a wedding so bad. I, I want us to heal as a nation and get over COVID-19 so I mean, Fred can have a wedding and I can wear a Hawaiian he, shirt but make he it basically, He's basically dressed like Hunter S. Thompson without the hat, glasses, and cigarette. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's a good but way with all of the cocaine. Yeah. Yeah. Did you guys notice this, too? Um, in the film, there's a part where they're doing the drugs. The cocaine's like a weird blue color on their nose. Yeah, yeah. it was like gold and... I think it yeah. was just probably the lighting that made that happen. That was probably a mistake. Yeah. I don't know. But, there um, was some there was some choices like I don't know if we're spoiling the dinos, but like um <laughs> but like there were some choices that I think were like supposed to be magical. Like I think that's part of it. The drug was like a magic, you know? Like it yeah. was like in this world it was the only thing to get you escaping that world. It was kind of a glorifying booze and drugs movie. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I like that there wasn't a there wasn't a beat of like, oh, I gotta clean up and stop drinking so much. It's like yeah, I'm still in no. a time loop. It's time to be an alcoholic for forty years. So. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, but it's also one of those where like he's drinking constantly throughout the movie, but he never, with the exception of like 
once or twice, he never really seems drunk. Yeah. People just yeah. say, like, oh, you're drunk. Like, yeah, yeah that was he's the part not where really he's acting making, like a drunk person. Like, the part where he's just, like, making a margarita that one morning when they get into it. Um, I do want to give a shout-out to the one, I think, the wedder, the wedding officiant dressed in that weird cowboy outfit. That is really great. The Australian guy? Oh, I, want that, yeah. I want that outfit so bad. Yeah, it's really cool. It's basically like a rainbow cowboy suit with a big old cowboy hat. Um, sequence. Oh, it's real flashy. Sequence. Wear. Yeah. Like so a rhinestone cowboy. It is a rhinestone motherfucking cowboy. Is right. That is beautiful. Yeah. That was the first thing I said when I saw it too. I was like, oh, I need that jacket. <laughs> yeah, just a, a lot of good looking and handsome people in this wearing great outfits. I, I just want to take a second. J.K. Simmons, he is, let's see how old he is exactly. He's got to be at least 69 years old. He is 65, <laughs> but he should be 69, like Martin said, because he's looking... Mm-hmm. I think even he's looking hot in this film, man. Oh, he's looking great. Oh, my God. Yeah. he! If we're talking about... Yeah, 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 yeah. What's his name? So good. Well, he's one of those yeah. dudes who, like, look... I, I think we talked about this in the last episode, where, like, he looked old when he was young. So yeah. he gets older, he doesn't really get older looking. Yeah, he's just he looks, always He looks more or less... The, yeah, he's just hairier now. <laughs> I don't know, he just he just looks more distinguished. Yeah, it's a very Patrick Stewart kind of take of like this is how I'm gonna age. Um, also, the best casting ever to happen in the world, of course, is him as uh, J, uh, uh, Jonah Jameson in the Spider-Man movies. It, it's yeah. still oh, to this yeah. day the best. Oh, that's why um, they he's still Jonah Jameson in the new Spider-Man movies. Yeah. I love oh, yeah, his I, back. I love his oh, pornos. Yeah, his pornos. Yeah, Jonah Jameson's. Oh, oh okay. <laughs> killed it! It's an old. It, I didn't know if it would land. Thank you for letting me have it. <laughs> oh, I've never watched pornography. I would never do such a thing to my eyes. Um, but to get back on track with the film, they're at the wedding. I, they're at the wedding. Things are going great for Niles. He kicks it off with Sarah, who's like the sister. Uh, well, to he the, saves her. He saves from the her. Speech from the beach. Oh, no, that's the right. Speech. Like she the thought speech. she's like. They're like, you have a speech to do, and she's like, what? I have to do a speech, and then he like steps up. And shouldn't, but like, I was like, I'll do it. And yeah. Oh, and one second before that, too, is Misty is trying to give a speech, and it's just awful. <laughs> it's just, yeah, it's, it's so bad. It's it's every terrible wedding speech I've ever seen. I love that so much. It was it's, very funny and on brand. It's too realistically bad. That's why I think it hurt the most because it seemed almost like a, a something you would hear in real life, but you never want to hear. Oh. Oh, definitely. Just the Webster definition of like, oh, here's this thing. Yeah. And, nothing else. And that was at the end of the speech. I did like, yeah. laugh when they said like, oh, that's the end of it. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I will so. say, as a wedding photographer, I'm going to change it real quick. I'm so sorry. I'll be quick. Oh, you should totally get into this. This is perfect for that. <laughs> oh, episode. yeah. And so as a wedding photographer, I've seen a lot of weird weddings and bad toasts, um, especially because like, it doesn't matter. Like I get whoever the fuck hiring me. Um, and at the last wedding I went to, it was, like, super Christian, but it was super hot outside. Like, and when I say super Christian, I mean the grandfather who officiated had a full book of, like, to read from. And it was so long, and everyone was so hot. But then at the end, yeah. everyone started chanting at the same time. Like, you know, doing their, like, and may peace be with you. But because everyone was so hot and lethargic, it was so creepy to hear just, like, a group of, like, white people just be like, may peace be with be you. With you. <laughs> it was like the scare all monotone. And I was like, wow, I'm in a lot of weird and horrible weddings. This might be one of the scarier ones. <laughs> it's frightening. I mean, sweating Christians is already a bad combination. So. Ooh, welcome to the stage. I was group. just going to say, welcome to the stage. Yeah. <laughs> You're next. 
our favorite segment, name that improv group. Uh, shout out to I O R A P. Um, Sharna was challenged for one second in her life and instantly closed it. So it was, <laughs> rest in uh, peace, Sharna. That was wild. Anyway, yeah. What what fun Chicago history we can tell all of our friends as the years go by if we survive this horrible year. If anyone um, remembers what I O is. Has anyone bought the old theater yet? Like, are they going to put, like, something stupid there? Yeah, they're going to make it into a parking garage because it's massive. <laughs> yeah, that would actually make sense for the area and where yeah. it is because of all the other But it's, like, right so. across the street from the parking garage for the Whole Foods, right? Yeah. Yeah, but that's strictly yeah, they need more parking. To this day, I still... <laughs> a lot still... of people use that Whole Foods. That's yeah. true. When they were on that location on Clark Street by Wrigley Field, it was such a classic, like, staple, and it had such a good old Chicago feel. They didn't need any more space, and they're like, yeah. okay, let's do this stupid move. Yeah, it was a bad <laughs> move all around. But Sharna blames, you know, the movement and and people holding her accountable rather than reality. Yeah, yeah it's, been, it's been a wild few months of people actually having to, like, explain why they do things, which is why this entire country has fallen apart instantly. <laughs> Mm-hmm. It's really great that the boomers were the hardest core about being like consequences and like you, you participation trophies are stupid and we're like y'all <laughs> y'all don't seem to understand that yourselves. And also, hey, I know this argument's up a lot, but you you gave those to us. We're not the ones who gave each other participation trophies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know yeah. we would have paid twenty dollars less to be in this if I, little league if I didn't have to buy the damn trophy for the end. Yeah. <laughs> But, you know, we'll find out soon if we're on the right side of history or not. That's fun. Um, anyways. I mean, I think to... we all know, right? Yeah. Oh, we know we are. But, like, the history books, when they're written by whoever wins, we'll decide oh, that. Oh, good point. All right. That's the saddest joke you've told me in a long time. But uh, as the night winds down for the wedding to get back to the movie, um, Sarah and Niles are kind of bonding out in the wild when uh, he gets shot with an arrow by Roy, who's played by J.K. Simmons, and that's when the movie starts to get a little more crazy. And uh, as he's dying, he tries to crawl off to this cave where a light's coming out of, and then basically uh, he sees Sarah coming towards him and says, hey, don't go towards that light. She does, and then the whole it's day the resets. It's the cave from Lost, essentially. It is yes. the cave from Lost. Um, and yes, then, they found it. That's when the the film gets really fun because then we are uh, we're now post Groundhog's Day effects going on full swing. Basically, also we day... already found out Misty was a cheater, so it was okay that they were hooking up in the desert. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> she was getting so, eaten out like... by Trevor, the rhinestone cowboy guy. <laughs> it's a very good rom com in the sense of it's very romantic, right? Like there are a lot of parts that you're like, oh, those are nice things about having a partner. There are some moments. Yeah. 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 It is, uh, I think, at the heart and core of it, a really sentimental movie. I think mm-hmm. when it gets to the end, too, it's really beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, but I like that they they skip over a lot of things that films would get stuck on too long. Of, like, once again, the drug use. He's in a time loop. Who cares? You should do all the drugs you can. Um, but also... Yeah, I was thinking, like, he must never wake up with a hangover. Yeah. This oh, is the way yeah. he was before. Yeah. yeah once, once again, if there's no consequences, why would it be a bad thing? But I also... Uh, like that as the relationship evolves, they skip a lot of the beats. I mean, there of course is a conflict towards then, but it's not like the usual of like, oh, why would you do this or you're cheating on her or anything like that. Um, no, it felt real. Like it, it, all of it felt so immersive and real because it just yeah, the relationship kind of upswing. Yeah, was. I think the movie feels a lot better than other comedies because it's very funny and well written to me. Mm-hmm. But also mm-hmm. the the relationship does feel very honest and good, which I liked a lot, especially with. Her confronting him about his nihilism, but it's more of the fact that he doesn't want to like really 
give his emotions or time to other people because it's an inconvenience, you know, and, like, she's mm. making the point there's still real people in the long run of things. But that's that's as the film goes. Yeah. Man, um, I hope they just... didn't name him Niles because he's nihilistic. No, you no, say that just made me think that. And that's so fucking stupid if they did that. No, it's oh, just, from Frasier. No, no. Yeah, I looked yeah, it up canon- on... Uh, canonically, his parents are just big Frasier fans. Yeah, I looked it up on IMDb Frasier. and it says it's I actually mean, short for nihilism. His no. parents renamed him when he was a teenager to Niles. Yeah, yeah, no, love that Niles Crane. But she pops out of that hotel so mad the next day because she wakes up in the same morning. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. That's and a great she, scene where And he, uh, she's throwing full beers at him. I don't want to hurt you. I just want to talk. <laughs> yeah, and she's throwing. That's also another part where I felt like the directing for this film is really good and a little step above because yes. I like that it looks like little bullets shooting at him when he's under the water and you see the cans going down. Um, and they showed perspective really well. They they did the Groundhog's moment so well that it didn't feel tedious. A lot of those Groundhog Day movies are hard to watch because it's like, oh my god, now I'm reliving the day. Yeah. But you, mm-hmm. they did it in a way that they were like, I'm showing you both perspectives, but kind of simultaneously. So you can see what she's experiencing and what he's experiencing and how they come together. And then they come together in the now, which is really yeah. cool. Oh yeah, they do a beautiful job showing those uh, those forking paths. Yeah, yeah those oh, forking yeah. fucking forking paths. Those forking paths. They also do one quickly for um, J.K. Simmons' character Roy when they meet up later, which is really well done. You also find out as it goes that um, basically Niles accidentally led Roy down in the light because he came out to the wedding one of the nights, and he's like, "Oh, my life's kind of meaningless, and the mo- this is the most fun I've had ever. I wish I could make it last forever." And then uh, as they're on drugs, uh, Niles is like, well, I've got good news for you. And just, like, <laughs> shows him the tunnel and pushes him in, basically. No, he came to oh, no, from that's his right. drug he, uh, and stupor. Yeah, before he could stop him, that's right. Yeah, well, I think yeah. it's supposed to be that he overdoses in that moment. Like, he, he dies in that moment. And oh, yeah. That, that's the way sense. I interpreted it, because he just keels over. Yeah, so he does kind of try and stop J.K. Simmons from going into the cave. Oh yeah, because like he he wakes up for a second, and is like he goes like no don't, and then he falls back asleep, which I thought was really funny. What's um, J.K. Simmons' um, real name? I mean, Roy. Name. Roy. Roy. Yeah. Okay, because I keep thinking we're gonna say J.K. Rowling at some point, and I get real upset. But it's. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. Oh boy. Uh, shout out to that horrible, horrible woman. Um, <laughs> she tried. Ruining it. Yeah, ruining an entire dynasty when she never had to. I mean. <laughs> I'm glad that we know she's a horrible bigot, but, like, she could have just kept it to herself and been fine, you know? Right? Like, but, you know, at least we know now. That's the yeah, good part. Yeah, the veil is lifted. Mm-hmm. Um, um, I do like when they're doing all the shots of, like, what he's been doing or the different days. I like at one point they show him, like, sleeping with every character at the wedding, even, like, uh, the really handsome character played by Tungaya Krisia, a yeah. pretty funny dude. Oh, yeah. Yeah, um, and they did that in a way that wasn't, like, shaming or whatever. He did, like, overkill because it's Annie Sandberg, but, like... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But but they did it in a way that was playful and not punching down. Yeah, they, oh, yeah. they do have a common idea and ideology I have, which is I don't think anyone's really straight. And if you weren't in a time loop, you'd eventually just try everything, I feel well, like. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. You're, you're fucking everyone at that wedding eventually. And, yeah. like... It's truly, like, they don't even talk about it, but, like, maybe he's not. Like, he might not just be straight. Like, it doesn't come up again, but she's just like, I know what that means. He just wanted to be explicit because he is that person. But, like, I don't know. I think there's, like, there was something really new about that and current and feeling, like, 
you know, progressive in the right ways, like in the in the like. Like yeah, they. Four, um, yeah, sorry. They don't. They don't skip a beat when he mentions it to uh, Sarah's character of like, yeah, I slept with this guy and this person. It's not like, a, oh, that's gross. It's like, yeah, of course you would do that. Why wouldn't you if you're in a time loop? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's like I love it because I think about it. I'm like, eh, I would have probably played it a little more, you know, punch up. But then I think I'm like, oh, the masses are watching this. Like all the Trump supporters are probably going to watch this movie at some point. Like, maybe yeah. not all of them, but there are some out there that, like, you know, like, certain people and will get bored enough in quarantine. Yeah, that's a fun thing with this film, too. Because of this happening at quarantine time, this broke all of Hulu's, like, streaming records for the most watched movie in one weekend. Interesting thing, though, is, like, Hulu and Netflix never have to release their numbers, so they don't, but they just say that stuff. So it makes me really wonder how many people watched it. I think it's probably even more than I would imagine. I thought it's, like, 12. Yeah, it's, uh, two, <laughs> 12 people? That's a lot. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Damn, I've never had twelve people people watch anything I do. People like people like Brooklyn Nine Nine, so that probably helps. Yeah, people to watch this movie. I'm just you like seeing a show where Andy Samberg's not a cop. Yeah, I'm so glad they're (laughs) going to bring back Brooklyn Nine Nine, and they're going to reboot it where they're all working at a postal office, and they have to work together to save USPS (laughs) this next season, and they're not cops anymore. (laughs) Please, TM, take that, TM, TM. I sure hope so. Yeah. Somebody was talking about that on a podcast, but yeah, it is, man, after all these events have happened in 2020, it makes you think about how much propaganda really is out in this world. <laughs> it really is, yeah. I didn't realize how, like, even me, like, I watch the time shows and I'm like, yeah, t- take off your glasses, ice cube. Oh, no, ice tea, yeah. my bad. <laughs> yeah, you yeah, should I, definitely... I used, used oh, to be good. really into Law and Order. Yeah. Oh yeah. Same here. I can still watch the original show a bit, but SVU is just so silly. Anytime watching now, I don't know how I ever liked it so much because I used to watch it like yeah. every day. <laughs> I mean, this is a weird tangent, but let's go down it. But like, I I realized I used to love that cop trope of like they would bring in the suspect and then beat them up to get information out of them, mm-hmm. and I just realized like there there's no justification for that anytime usually because even if you knew they were the bad guy. You can't just beat them up and get the information out of them and, like, break Geneva Conventions. And then, like, we've had almost every piece of media telling us you should be able to do that and cops should break the law. Yeah. So, Oliver has a really good moment about this, and it's brilliant. And it talks about this, like, showing all the – it cuts all the, them together. And you're like, oh, yeah, they do justify it. Like, oh, you want to break the law? I'm going to break your face. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it makes it completely makes sense why we got to where we are in 2020. So let's see if we can solve it or die. Um, anyways, back to the well, movie. Well, we'll find out with the teachers. Let's see. Oh boy, let's yeah. <laughs> not think about that too much. Um, Don't. Anyways, for the movie, they start kind of going through the time loops and they start bonding. Um, they become a really cute, fun couple. I love that part a lot. Um, we also have like the reveal to one of the nights Sarah like whispers into her sister's ear at the wedding saying that'll help her get free if she tells the truth. Um, oh, yeah, that's like the first thing she does because she's like, I have to do something really like morally righteous in order to break the loop. Can yeah. I be honest? Only question I had with the whole damn movie, like, and this was about multiple universes, and this was the question I have. What is selfless about that to do it during the wedding? You had all damn day. Yeah. Like, that's so selfish, I think. <laughs> I don't know. I'm like, that's so it's not supposed really to be she told her sister that she slept with her fiance or yeah, spoiler fiance. alert. Yeah, she, yeah. Yeah, no, yeah that's mean, not, not that's really. not really selfless to say that it happened. Yeah, that's true. Especially yeah. then. Like, during the wedding, is that appropriate to embarrass her, like, and put her in that position? No, that's so well, rude. I, 
I, I guess we don't like definitively know what she told it's her. It's true. That's true. It's it's heavily implied that it's that, but mm, yeah, that is that's a good point. Um, what would she, it she could have said anything. But why would that be? Well, what was she going to announce? You know what I mean? Like I don't know. Maybe maybe she told her sister that like, hey, you can you can have all the cotton candy. Like that's the that's and the she loves thing. cotton candy so much that you're yes. moved to tears. Honestly, that's <laughs> yeah. pretty good and selfless. That, yeah. That is really good. I mean, the thing with cotton candy is I want some now. Um, <laughs> I haven't had that in a very long time. Uh, as they kind of continue the movie, they like I was saying, they kind of bond together and start falling in love. I do like that they have a lot of fun sequences like that of them like doing a silly dance at the bar they learn after a while. And then, yeah, because uh, they're like, so fuck it. Like, they try to kill each other a bunch of times, or kill themselves a bunch of times. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which I'm not usually big on suicide humor, but I understand in this multiverse of like, because the kind of perception is that he's been there so long that he doesn't even remember his past, right? Yeah, his yeah. job that he used to have before, which I think was a really funny part too. Yeah, oh, but yeah. I think that's genuine, like to show just the depth of how long he's fucking yeah. been there. Because he's like, I've done a lot of suicide. Like if you if he's ever talking about how long he's in it, they it, he does allude to like oh my god i don't even fucking know anymore like i just it's, all, it's also track. something they had they had to do because anybody watching is going to be like why don't you just kill yourself steve that gets you out of it yeah mm-hmm. bill murray uh, tried it and i like it builds the universe too because it shows it like oh well like okay you can't you don't stay dead but you still feel pain like nothing worse than bleeding to death slowly in an icu yeah, yeah. Yes. I'm glad they made that point. They actually had that kind of come up later with uh, Roy's character. Um, and actually kind of like a horrifying scene where she hits him with a car and you just see him bleeding out too. Um, but they have another great few scenes and days where they're going by. I like the one where they do the shrooms and they see dinosaurs, but they're not sure if it's real or not. Yeah. Um, see, that I is... couldn't... I, I was watching it. I did not... I know they were looking at seeing something, but for some reason I couldn't see dinosaurs. Like it was Same. Just... Yeah. yeah, I thought it was a really great scene because it kind of reflects the idea of them being on drugs and it's hard to see. And it's basically like two brontosauruses in the background that kind of blend in and move a little bit. So if you mm-hmm. watch it, you'll see it. But it's very like subtle, which I liked a lot. Um, but yeah, they uh, okay. they eventually end up kind of going different ways because of the truth he finds out about her cheating on uh, you know the sister's soon-to-be husband well he doesn't find that out for a while they have sex they have like that night where in the where they do mushrooms they have sex and it's like love sex. you can tell they're both in it yeah mm-hmm. yeah and then, then she basically disappears after they have like a, that kind of uh revealed and also the fact that he slept with her quite a few times before and too. had lied and yeah. lied about yeah. it right like that's the part i think that's very important that he was she a person that was reliant so heavily on her past because she wanted to be a better person she thought she was garbage she's been taught she's garbage and he Mm. been taught he's garbage but he's also like not trying to improve it so like she's like i don't want that i want to be able to talk this stuff out and then he's like no i can't do that and you figure out that it's kind of maybe a perception thing like he just physically can't where it's just very triggering for this person so that whole revelation causes her to leave like peace the fuck out yeah 
And I like the, like uh, Martin had mentioned earlier, the diverging paths where you see what she does later, but they show what he's doing, why he's trying to find her. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, you know, eventually it leads to him kind of reconciling with Roy to apologize for getting him stuck in there. That's also, I think, why I like this film a lot, too, is it's a very touching scene with J.K. Simmons' character talking about how he, like, won't see his daughter grow older and how at first he didn't like the life he was in, but then he learned to appreciate how much he had, so now he just wants to get that back. So they yeah. kind of make they make amends, but there's also a really funny scene where he doesn't want to drive back. So he's like, "Could you just <laughs> could you kill me one more time for old time's sake?" And then I love J.K. Simmons' characters like, "Okay, I guess." Yeah, in um, the recycling bin. Yeah, that shit yeah. cracked me yeah. up. Yeah, meet me in the side yard. That's uh, one thing with the film. I'll give it too is that it's not like trying to do like a laugh a minute, but like the few big jokes they have in the movie all really popped off really hard for me. It's, it's very it's very consistently delightful. Yeah. yeah, it's it's like still magical and romp, but it's going over big themes, which I love. I think it's addressing really big, heavy, like relationship stuff, communication stuff, life stuff, universe stuff, like reality, you know. But then it's also doing it in a light and fun vacation kind of magical. Like the flying the plane is very like whimsical and Tim Burton-esque almost in the filming. Yeah. And like, I don't know, there's just that joy, but there's also like you know it's big and heavy and it is this woman stuck with this sad boy and my favorite part is coming up (laughs) yeah we should get to tying kind of towards the end of it but when they cut back to uh sarah and what she was doing they reveal that you know she feels bad because she wakes up each morning with the the groom to be um but then she decides and i love this character turn of like instead of just being sad and trying to get away she starts to study quantum physics and like this going is... through all of these classes so she could figure out what's going on with like the weird space time continuum they're in. Um, and then you see her doing like all these experiments with like a goat, which is really fun and cute. And then eventually she figures out that if they are to explode C4 at an exact time when they go through the tunnel, it would make them get out of the loop without knowing what would happen. Um, I, I understand sports now when I saw this man. <laughs> who I had identified a lot of my exes, like Midwestern boys who just hate anything that's out of their norm. And I, this sad boy just being sad about the problem and her learning quantum physics and fucking wrecking it and just being like, no, I don't want this anymore. So I'm going to do something about it. And the only option is, and I'm just like, yes, I literally like was like, I understand sports because I stood up off my couch and was like, get it, bitch. (laughs) Yeah, I was so joyful in the way that they did it. And they didn't make him look like an asshole, really. But it, you know, it's reality. It's like, you can do two things here. You can sulk. Or you can fucking pull yourself up and do what you can to try at least, you know, put a little effort in. Yeah, it's it, I I love that so much of like you could you could make a solution if you're stuck in an infinite loop like that. And he's just like, oh, no, nah, you can't. And it's just like, well, did did you try? And it's basically like, no, not really. Um, <laughs> but I, think I don't know. I still don't know where the fuck they got that C4 from, from the redneck dude. Well, they get from anywhere. They've got infinite sources, yeah, or so, infinite time to find sources. I mean, yeah. you you got twenty four hours to find it. You've like, got twenty four hours, but you also have an infinite amount of that twenty four hours. So I think no matter what, you would true. But everything resets. Like, okay, this it's it's not the point of the movie. This is me being you find yeah. it once about and you it. Got it every time. You find and it also, one time. You only need I, one C4 or whatever. I feel like another big argument I'm going to make too is that this is filmed in America. Um, and if there's anything we love, it's illegal weapons that are and blowing up goats. Have them. <laughs> yes. 
I did um, like when they had the bomb in the cake and they actually put a bomb in the cake. Oh yeah, that was really oh, fun. Yeah. And he I put it on um, the arrow and shot it off. Yeah. See, I hated that part because it was so dangerous. I'm like, what if you fucked up and you killed a whole group of people? Oh, I guess it was in the time loop. The reality had already passed. Never mind. I feel yeah, <laughs> exactly. It's like yeah, it's it'd be bad, but you know, at least you get a do over. Oh yeah. Um, yeah, there's yeah, yeah. um they they also do a really great job of when they finally reconcile and they talk it out. It's not like this whole like huge argument. I love that she's like, listen. I'm going to do this tonight. It's going to be up to you to decide if you want to mature as a person and come with me because I love you or just stay here. We could die. I don't know what's going to happen. It's up to you. And then she just pieces out. And I, I love that. It's not like this huge, like I need you to come with me. I'll die. If you don't, it's just like, okay, listen, you can be on my level or not, which is once again, a very honest relationship thing. I think that I like. Yes. Oh yeah. It sets such good, normal standard relationship standards. She's like, I don't want to hear another speech. I heard one. I know what you're going to say. I already have made my choice. If you would like to participate, I've invited you. I'm, you know, like you're welcome. And then he literally handled, had to make a choice, like an adult grown up choice to be like, do I want to stay without her or do I want to risk the fear and and face my fucking fears and go for it and and risk living like the a life with this person you know in yeah. real in the real world and I, yeah. I it's just such a perfect metaphor for all of my past relationships i love it so much well she she says she doesn't want to hear another speech but then they let him have the speech anyway which he'd kind of already said it so it's... that that part's really funny to me that's what i wanted to touch on is that she basically says okay you have one sentence and it's a very long run on sentence where he's like so and good. here for there too like that part made me laugh a lot <laughs> which was really good because it was also such a dramatic and well done emotional mm-hmm. scene but like to have such good humor woven into it i think is why i really like the writing for the film yes. I, don't know. I, I thought i thought the speech was kind of dumb because it's like every romantic comedy speech but i like that's it. neither here nor there so. yeah. I, did, I don't know i didn't think it was dumb and i thought that was fun like the emphatic period like it was supposed to be right like and she gave him that chance because she likes him and she or she loves yeah. him but she like of course you'd give him the chance and of course you'd do the speech in real life and it would be rom-com if it's like life or death you know and it feels yeah. cheesy when it's happening but i've been in those moments where i'm like this feels like a movie but it's have you been the reality because we're dramatic pieces of shit have you been have you been in a time loop before you haven't told us well oh two okay um i am actually 106 yeah well i mean also this movie feels like it hits home because with it coming out during the quarantine it really does feel like a time loop each day you wake up right now yes i know it hit so hard (laughs) it's yeah that that part was a little hard to deal with i think when i realized it but to kind of summarize the movie they uh they decide to go in together after that very touching scene and they explode it and they decide to go with the hollywood ending which is really fun i i think and i read up the trivia they did a bunch of different endings so i'm guessing they probably had a sad one or just a crazy one but basically they well, I bet the to original go... one it just ended with the them going in there and that was I... the end of the movie that's what i thought the end of the movie was going to be I think mm. if that was just the ending, I would respect that, and enjoy the movie just as much. But I, I think since it was still more of a rom-con or rom rom-con, that sounds weird, uh, romantic <laughs> yeah. consensual film. Uh, I think since they decided to go with the ending where they wake up the next day and they're out of the loop and they go to live their life together, it was fun and nice. And I like that they woke up in that one house that they were kind of ransacking, and it's the actual family there saying, "Get out of here." 
Um, yeah, I guess they come home on November 6th or, or November 10th or something. I liked that. Yeah, puts, yeah. A, puts a nice little bow on it. And then I, also kind of like that uh, he had a dog, and she's like, yeah, you never asked me about it. Why would I Why did I tell you about that? The that was, dumbest bit. Yeah, it was very funny to me. <laughs> I love it. That was funny. And then the dinos came back. Oh, yeah. And that, that part was really fun because it didn't, like, it was kind of like a different um, take on which universe they kind of leapt into, right? Like, because they kind of leave that unclear that because in in looking at multiverse (laughs) um and the theories like you can this idea that in the loop roy i guess we haven't gotten there the extended scene yet i'll let you do it yeah i didn't i didn't even know there was an extended scene yeah i don't know if i saw that oh oh i saw it oh it was so good martin do it so it's it's a it's a nice little thing right at the end if you remember uh I guess before they uh, jumped in with the C4, uh, she's she's making a phone call, and you would assume like, oh, that could that could be denials, but no, she she called Roy, and Roy like shows up at the wedding. Oh yeah, like, I saw that part. Hey. Oh okay, yeah, that's that's the mid credit scene. That's the Marvel. Uh, I did kind of feel yeah. bad, that, like okay, so Roy's still just gonna be stuck. Yeah, I thought that was fucked forever? up. She didn't wait for him. Like what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> she doesn't know Roy. She hit him with a car once. But yeah. he's a he's a smart man. He can figure out how to quantum physics as well. How did she get his number? Like, he's got infinite time. That's a good question. Once again, and she only knows his first name. Too. Yeah. But I mean, they could have had a loop where she goes on like a whole hunt to find him or gets her name or something. So that's that's not yeah, too crazy. Yeah, she got to learn quantum physics. I think she can figure out the guest at the wedding's number. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. Fair enough. So, uh, <laughs> so yeah, basically it ends there. And uh, I'd say we should get right to that good old ratings. I want to, once again, since we're not doing the usual movies during quarantine, we've been having fun. I'm not going to go to the Machamp rating system, even though it's tried and true. I think we should give this film one out of Infinity Groundhogs of how much she liked it. And I'm going to give this movie... I've never and... seen Groundhog's Day. You've never... What? what? I've never really? seen that movie. No, no. I haven't. I, I've, okay. seen, I've seen scenes of it, and I know it's a classic, but I've, Follow I've up never Hatsuki. seen it. <laughs> I've never oh, seen yeah. it from beginning to end. I feel like it's such a, I, I don't want to, once again, I hate blowing up movies for people before they see them, but it feels like such a Luke movie to me, and it's such a good, funny comedy, too. Yeah. Um, I, I, I think you'd both enjoy it quite a bit. Yeah, yeah I, I like Bill Murray. I want to see I, it. I, I've seen the last quarter of it. I've seen the last act. Yeah. But I've, oh, not, I've, I've not seen the uh, first two acts. And I, I just I don't referenced know. it. Yeah. I think it's a pretty good comedy. I would I would say it is... The reason, and I should say since I'm doing the reviews first, this kind of makes sense. I would put this on the same level as Groundhog Day. Maybe I enjoyed it even a little bit more. But they're both really good comedies that deal with a very similar subject. But I think because this movie has a lot of heart to it, I'm going to give it 983 billion uh, Groundhogs out of infinity. Um, just because I feel like it's such a good film. Um, it's really fun to watch. You can rewatch it right away and pick up some details too, which is kind of nice. And uh, it's just really smartly written. And like I said... It feels like a more traditional comedy where they have like written punchlines and good characters and not just somebody improvising a half hearted cum joke and then saying that's it and the film ends. So No no, they put that's is that why they is that why they didn't give Connor O'Malley more to do? Oh like, man, I love that he's in this movie, but he's hardly in it, and he's such a funny guy. Like I Connor O'Malley wanted... is one of my favorites of all time. I'm glad he at least had one very funny scene in the movie. But yeah, I agree. Where he talks nice. about not feeling safe anymore, or the one where they never should have left the Great Lakes. 
Okay, he has two uh, yeah. good jokes. The Michigan joke's really great, but also when they send him blindfolded into the uh, the restroom where they're having the fair, that was really funny. I feel like there's probably a lot on... He was the uh, fr- the uh, groomsman who wanted to have sex with Sarah, but she wasn't into it. Oh, yeah, 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 the dirtbag. Yeah. I got you. He's, uh, yeah. he's a really funny improviser, but he is more of a insane person, I would say, than an improviser. <laughs> it's he worked, he worked just... with John Para a lot. John Para yeah, he... and uh, Tom Robbins. Is that the dude who did that? Tim Robinson? No, yeah. No, well, yeah, Tim Robinson. Is, yeah, because he's in Detroiters with him. I forgot uh, his yeah. brother. He's in Detroiters. Yeah, he... He's in a few episodes of I Think You Should Leave. Yeah. Like, uh, to give an example of how crazy he is, he has a improvised show he does in, in uh, the Hudson River, like, literally inside of it, where he tries to do a talk show. Um, so that's a that's a good setting of the bar. Um, but, yeah, that's my review. Uh, 982 billion trillion out of uh, Groundhog's Infinity. Um, so what do you guys think? Uh, I'll give it a 7 out of 10. It's uh... a... <laughs> slightly above average to average like i think i this isn't i don't think this is like this isn't a movie that i think i'm going to watch again unless i'm with someone and we just want to watch something and like the together but yeah it's good it's a sweet movie but it's also kind of a movie where you kind of know what's going to happen the minute you know the premise and that it's a male and a female lead like you know where the ending is going to be but it's fun getting there so, yeah, yeah, that's a good summary uh, of it. Yeah. It's it's also so much of it relies on the chemistry of the lead actors. Like Andy Samberg's awesome, and I think he has chemistry with what's her name. She was a I I I don't know her to be in much. She was in that Star Trek episode of Black Mirror. Yes, that episode was so good. Oh, that's yeah. where I know her from. I was Christina trying to recognize because yeah, uh, Christina yeah. Milotti. Christina Miolini or yeah, oh, yeah. Milotti. She's so, I like her a lot. She's got those big oh, yeah, dinner plate eyes. Yeah, her eyes are massive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but yeah. yeah, she she's very pretty and she's a good actress and well, she's stunning. Uh, yeah, yeah, and they had you believe their relationship. Yeah. I think if you had to, if, really if, good chemistry. If they, if, the, if they didn't have chemistry together, the entire movie would be shot. So yeah, they're both like equal hotness, which is nice, refreshing too, because yeah. they're both like. Conventionally attractive, but also a little quirky looking. So Vague, like vaguely Jewish. Um, good, good sitcom couple. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, you yeah. know, I, Brandon, I've already forgotten your rating number system, so I'm going to go ahead and give this an 8.5 out of 10. Uh, I, enjoy, I enjoyed it quite a bit. I'll uh, I'll probably recommend this to people, and I'll definitely rewatch it because it was a it was a good fun ride. Hell yeah. yeah, it's definitely a movie you could recommend to pretty much anyone. I don't oh, think yeah. anyone's gonna find, unless you're like super prude, prudish. I don't think anybody's gonna find a problem with this movie. Well, Sandbird's actually against my religion. I don't know if I can do this. Yeah, <laughs> I'm yeah. giving it nine, like a hundred billion. Is that Groundhogs? Is that, yeah, the, th- is that yeah. the highest? I'm. It's my favorite movie I've seen in a long time. I thought it was kind of surprising. Like I did like that the the woman got the shit done like and and it wasn't like in a way that was 
explicitly to like be like fuck men you know like it, it but it was like just a very the one of the people in the relationship did i'll put it like that one of the partners in a relationship got the shit done and one of the partners moped and it showed like that you can still reach each other if you just communicate and try and put a little effort in and i just i just thought it was so fun and well done and it felt like a vacation a little bit and it was still like whimsical and magical so i had like all that it gave heavy stuff but in a light way like i'm just synopsing like yeah (laughs) i think it's it's why i really like the film too and uh to cut in a little bit as we wrap up it, Martin and you both said it as well as Luke made a good point. I would recommend this to anyone, but I also do like it does get into really heavy ideologies of like what's it mean to be alive and not take risk or have a life mm-hmm. unexamined if you're repeating it and not just being a rom-com, but being a really good rom-com with some good ideologies and messages. So it's not just like a popcorn flick at the same time. Yeah. So yeah this, it's, not, once it's, again, not, it's not a schmaltzy rom-com. Yeah. yeah like, that's they didn't take the easy route either. Yeah. Right. Like oh, they, right. they, they could have made easy jokes for funnier laughs, but they instead took like, like, Oh, there are consequences and living life without consequences is not fun. It's not fun to be a terror for me. Like, even if it, even if people don't remember, I do like, I have mm-hmm. to deal with that shit. Yeah. And I think that's just yeah. good lessons. We should all, kind of keep in mind even when it's like glorified and like a fun whimsical movie with hot people you know yeah yeah, yeah. that's that's yeah, a really good is. way to put it you nailed yeah. you nailed the i fucked that saying up out of the gate holy shit <laughs> you nailed the head on the hammer um, thank you i sure <laughs> did I hey good news have, Julie. Uh, my brain still doesn't work even though it's been a while <laughs> oh, so there, was, there, there was one thing i wanted to ask and like i not really relate to anything Palm Springs isn't just a desert, right? It's like an actual city, right? Yeah, it's yeah. like it is basically like a kind of resort. Like Sonny Bono place. used to be the mayor of it before he died, wasn't he? I think so. Yeah, I I, I watched enough Golden Girls. He definitely was. <laughs> Palm Springs is a, a very common name too. There's a lot of Palm Springs in Florida, but they all have very similar vibes over like their retirement or like vacation places in both. Uh, California and Florida, so yeah, yeah but I'm pretty sure it is just a desert. Yeah. yeah, sorry, and they, and they never, they never really like Palm Springs. Like, I, I think that's kind of a weird name because it doesn't really feel like the setting is a character like it should be with a name like that. I think that. it does. It does a decent job. It definitely gave me that. I like the feeling of it being a wedding day at a fun resort kind of place. Yeah. Um, yeah, Palm Springs is a traditional vacation spot. So when you hear Palm Springs, you don't think of people living there. You think of like, oh, this is just where you go to vacation in the middle of the desert, get away from everybody, okay. but it's also a bunch of pools and resorts and like swim up bars. So it's like Vegas, yeah. but like like you'd say Vegas. Yeah, it's the same yeah. thing, but not as gambling. Okay. It's like old people and family Vegas, basically. Yeah. Okay, yeah. I, I withdraw my point. That makes sense. Because yeah, it does seem like... They're in the middle of friggin' nowhere. That entire movie. That's yeah. Very yeah. You know that's where it is. Look up, like, all, like look it up on the map. It's like in, in, in yeah. fucking in the middle. I, uh, <laughs> once again, because I have a rich entitled family yet to visit. Uh, yeah, sorry guys, I have to go down that route again. Um, Palm Springs <laughs> is a really nice, beautiful place in the middle of a desert. So like, it takes like an hour to two hours to drive out to. Um, but a cool thing too is like if you've ever been through the desert at night, you can see like all of the stars and it really feels like you're in the wild while still being like on a vacation and they capture that yes. kind of nicely for the film. So it, it made me feel a little nostalgic. It was fun. I mean, I've not been to the desert, but I grew up in the country. So oh, I'm everybody very, I'm very familiar with, with where being able to see enough stars where you can actually see the other side of the Milky Way. 
One of the few That's times nice. I'll be honest on this podcast is if you live in America, you should absolutely go to one of our great deserts in this country and drive through it or spend time in it at nighttime so you can see almost all it feels like in the galaxy and feel alive for once in your life. Um, the country sure. works, too. It doesn't just have to be the desert. Um, yeah, the country works, too. But the desert's beautiful. Spoiler. If you want to follow along, Julie America on YouTube or Bud Buddies on YouTube, I can't remember what my screen name is. I'm so sorry. But uh, uh, follow me on Jay America on Instagram, and I'll plug it there. Uh, but I'm going to be traveling around the U.S. on a road trip for a whole month, and I'm going to be looking at so many stars. I got my oh, yeah. nice camera. I'm jazzed about it. Me and Clementine are going on vacation. That's going to that be really lovely. fun and beautiful. Um, and we're going to drive through Palm Springs. Oh, nice. Maybe oh, you'll see oh, yeah. like the Sandman out there. We'll get fun, fun time warp happening. Right. But keep six feet away and make sure you have the mask on. But other than that. Mm-hmm. Oh, um, yeah. A hundo. Uh, hundo. We're camping the whole way. We yeah. ain't seeing nobody. But uh, nice. we should uh, we should get to the good old stupid game section. Stupid games. And I think since we've been talking a lot about the films more lately, we'll make it a little bit of a quick one. Um, I've been kicking off with the Ron Canada's right away. You've you've had experience of the who the fuck is Ron Canada. Um, but here's the thing. I wanted to do this because I thought it'd be fun where I'm giving you an option of things he might or, or not have, might have been in. So was Ron Canada in one of these very famous TV series from the 90s? Are you guys ready? Yes. All who right. the fuck is Ron Canada? Not, oh, that's the... You know the name of the perfect. game. The He is a bit part actor that's been in over 200 roles. He's a working actor. Character actor. I think bit part actor is a little insulting. I'm not going to lie. I never know anybody's name ever. I don't don't know a human being. I I barely know y'all's names. But was he he in the the TV series In Living Color? Uh, Oh, okay. I got him. Yeah, living single or a different world. I'm gonna say living single. I'm I'm gonna say a different world. One of them is kind of a a dead giveaway that it can't be an option. So that's my part for following you guys. So I'm so sorry. Because in in Living Color was an ensemble cast. They didn't really have guest stars. Hey, Super Dave Osborne was on a few episodes. That's true. What was the third option? Uh, different world. I don't know what that is, so I'm going to pick that because I don't know this person at all. Okay, he was in the 1995 classic show Living Single. So, as, that, is, uh, that, is that the one I said? Oh, then I probably know him. Can I look him up without cheating? Yeah, Ron Cannon. His, you could look him up. I think the game's that's over already, so it's not. Oh, cheating. that's it. There's only one question. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Also, is it always Ron Canada? Oh, I love him. Uh, yes. He's the he's judge of Ted too. Yeah. yeah, he also uh, played <clears throat> the Klingon prosecutor in the Rockman uh-huh. episode of DS Nine. <laughs> oh yeah, that's right. I think we've mentioned that in a way past episode of Podzuki since. We're well, I I'd always thought he was this other dude who was a uh, who was a Starfleet officer who defected to join the Maquis. But no, he's actually this dude in an even better episode than that because it doesn't involve the Maquis, where Worf accidentally destroys a. Uh, Klingon transport ship full of civilians during a uh, a battle and he gets put on trial to like whether or not they're going to extradite him to the Klingon Empire to face trial for destroying a civilian ship. But it, it, it's, yeah. it's it's done like Rashomon, like Akira Kurosawa, where like P- 
people are giving their testimonies, but it's them in the scene talking to the camera, and it's really cool. Yeah. It's, uh, man, Deep Space Nine and that whole time period of, like, uh, Next Generation and Voyager a little bit still had its moments. We're so good. I feel like the Star Treks are still trying to catch up to it, but, you know, maybe one day. I mean, they're not going to because they're not, they're, Star Trek's not Star Trek anymore. It's, like, dumb action shit. Yeah. Though that I, I watched Picard. I didn't good. watch Discovery, but yeah. How was Picard? Eh, I mean, it's not the worst thing ever. But if you're like into like Star Trek, like you're into like the continuity and shit, you're not gonna like it. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, but yeah, I would say that's really the only one I want to do for stupid games. Did anybody else want to auction anything to the table? Okay. I have one for you. I have a quick game. Oh, please. Please. Um, how tall is Steve Buscemi? This is Ooh, a good game. We can only play game. it once, but... Yeah. I well, you f- can do different people every time. Oh, oh my god, this is a really good game. I'm gonna say 5'11". Okay. Wow, you think he's tall? I don't know what I would guess. I, I think he he's Five, lanky, but he feels like a normal size lengthy. So yeah. I'm gonna do prices right rules and go one an inch lower than Luke and go with five ten. Okay. Uh, I'm gonna say uh, four hundred and twenty centimeters. Wow. That's, what, that's huge. I don't know what that is in feet. <laughs> that's pretty tall. Um, How tall? I, I'm gonna guess five eight, but that's because I think all actors are like secretly tiny. I found out Tom Cruise was a small man, and I can't get over it. Well, I um, thought you knew. Yeah, is, Tom Cruise. I'm is looking super it up. Tiny. It's okay. five nine. He's five nine. <laughs> oh, okay. So I was, I was almost. No, wait. We're we're stuck between because I had five ten. Well, I don't. Five eight. I'm not. I don't count because I'm a cheater because I I I made the game. You don't know if I cheated or not, but I didn't cheat. Okay. I just. <laughs> What did you say? I can't remember. I said five eight. Okay. Yeah. Still, so uh, I guess technically by Price of Right rules, she wins because yeah. she's close without you know going what? over. Guys, well, let's... I know Martin doesn't win. I, yeah, Martin doesn't hey, win. No, Steve Buscemi is going to be thirteen feet tall in my heart forever. <laughs> yeah, I just googled it too. It's thirteen feet. <laughs> See, I, I kind of thought I kind of I, I also kind of thought he was going to end up being like really tall because I can't really think of him like standing next to people in movies, but I feel like he's so skinny that he must be tall he's gotta be tall he's a rail boy i mean how tall do you think guy fieri is Ooh, this is, okay let's do guy fieri too this is a fun one he seems like a, a pretty decently sized dude i'm gonna go and i'm gonna sneak in before luke gets it again i'm gonna go with 511 i'm gonna go i think he's shorter i'm gonna go 59 I'm, I'm gonna say 69 inches <laughs> 69 inches it actually is going to be like reasonably sized, but that's still pretty short. He's 5'10". Oh, yes, thank you. I Oh, wait, no, that means Luke wins. Fuck. Yeah. I said 5'10 last time. <laughs> Shit. Fuck. <laughs> Fuck. No. Well, you're um, the one who established the Price is Right rules. For this. Right, so you, you've just learned and, and adapted better than I could ever, so you truly <laughs> deserve I think, this. I think Bob Barker established those rules. That's yeah. true. Um, now, also was he the original inches... host of, uh, of Price is Right? I feel like, was like there might have been. Yeah, Bob Barker was. Because, like, technically, okay, I can see that, but uh, Al Trebek was not the original host of Jeopardy. Yeah. He's the longest host of Jeopardy, but somebody hosted it before him. So, I don't know. So many of these game shows have been around for so long that 
nobody even remembers the original people who started them. Yeah. Not that it's, it matters. Uh, I think. I don't know. Did Merv Griffin come up with that show? I feel like it's a Merv Griffin show. It might be. I'd have to look it up. Um, let me see here. Jeopardy. Well, I'm looking at the price. Of Party. Right. Yeah. Plus, you can just cut out the parts where it's quiet right now. Anyways, uh, it was created by oh Merv Griffin. Good, good guess. Yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah. And, and Bob Barker, Bob Barker was the original host. Started in 1972. <laughs> Holy shit! Wow, that's so weird. I can't imagine well, he's Bob not the Barker host anymore. <laughs> well, yeah, not anymore. But it's only been him and Drew Carey. Yeah, true, true. Jim Carey, R.I.P. Um, anyways, let's no, do our good old. No, the rectum. Uh, <laughs> the Wikipedia for Prices Right says that Bill Cullen was the original host. Oh, well, I'm misreading that. Yeah. Yeah. On NBC and then ABC from 1956 to 1965, hosted by Bill Cullen. Whoa, I didn't realize the show's been running for that long. Man, what a rich history that American television has. It looks like like there were two runs of it. There's the original one from 1956 to 65, then they brought it back in 72, and that was the one that was hosted by Bob Barker. So maybe they were different, just with the same name. That's it's, like, you know, it's, it's, it's a reboot. It's like when they call the new Charlie's Angels just Charlie's Angels again. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but somehow they get worse each time. <laughs> um, Man, Chris, uh, uh, what, what's say... her what's her name from the Twilight movies? That's in that new Charlie's Angels movie. Oh, Kristen Stewart. Yeah, she looks awesome with that haircut she's got. She's like, I've never like really thought she's the hottest girl ever, but in the trailers to that movie, which I know it came out like a year ago, but. Oh, it did already come out. I thought it was still in production. Damn. What a It's sad when you think about how disposable so much media and films are and the fact that millions of dollars go into them yet so many people are still homeless and hungry in this country. Anyways, um let us get to that recommendations and plug. Um, I'm going to say for recommendations, this, this beautiful week of Patsuki, I mentioned it earlier, but I want to put it out there again. Cause it's also, I think on Hulu right now, but hide and seek is a really, really great fun horror film. Um, I don't want to give away any of the plot. Uh, it's a good time. And, uh, the movie kind of keeps veering in directions. You can't guess as it goes, but not in like a twisty way, but just a fun ramping up the action way as the movie keeps going. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, oh, that's it. No, that's all I'm gonna give you. Don't watch. Don't watch the trailer. Just I think going into movies cold is just so much better nowadays, where you don't mm-hmm. know anything. So is this plugs or recommendations? It's a recommendation, I guess, because you just recommended something rather than plugging something. Yeah. Uh, I'll recommend. Uh, oh, excuse me, Warrior Wear Gold on the 3DS. I've been playing that a lot lately. I got it for Christmas last year, and it's a really fun WarioWare game. It's just a bunch of mini games that you play through really quick. They're either you either press buttons, or you use a stylus to hit the screen, or you tilt the game to play the games. And they're even if like you're not really into games, you just want something to kill your time. You've got a 3DS, then it's really fun. There's mm. so many games in it. There's so many modes, and it's a lot of fun. Nice. Yeah, I think yeah. any good game like that right now is much appreciated during the quarantine times. Yeah, Coach. Oh, yeah. Coach McGoats. 
Nice. <laughs> I, uh, I guess I've been, I, I know I've talked about it the last couple of podcasts, really got into uh, JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. I actually got a copy of the uh, Eyes of Heaven game for uh, PS4, and that's just, it's it's an objectively not great video game, but there's so much fan service in it that I do not care. It's uh, it's it's really wonderful if you have a, a particular fondness for uh, that particular yeah. anime. See, I've still not watched yeah. any of it, but I did just yesterday. I watched the Linkara episode where he talks about like the first four episodes, and like I didn't realize that it took place in like the early 19th century. JoJo's Bizarre Adventure takes place a lot of different. Yeah, it's like the entire Joestar so family. Fucking good. It. Yeah, yeah, it's really it's, cool. It's so good. If you like vampires, it's really great. If you like psychic people projecting uh, these avatars to fight each other, it's great. If you like muscular, beautiful men having beautiful friendships, it's great. I'm, if you I like really on-the-nose musical references, it's also fantastic. Yeah, yeah. Robert E.O. Speedwagon is the character's name. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Oh, man. And a great character at that. He's a fantastic character. He's got, and like, then, an um, odd job hat. Yeah, yeah, he's got like a spinny fun hat. Um, but Julie, for recommendations, you can recommend anything. Sometimes people have recommended feelings, books, um, concepts. I'm going to recommend uh, this wonderful thing that I have been working on very hard. It's called Bud Buddies Podcast. <laughs> Hell yeah. Podcasts are great. Yeah, Bud Buddies is my podcast. It is a podcast in which I take friends just like y'all. <gasps> And I ask you a bunch of fun little questions. We hang out at the beginning because we get high together. And then once the stone settles in, you share with me your favorite stoner story, your favorite weed-related pot story. So, like, if you have, like, one, even if you were, like, buying or got caught, a lot of people do their first time or whatever. Just, like, the craziest shit that's ever happened to you where weed is somewhat involved. Um, and it's super fun. I've gotten to know some crazy ass stories and it's been a good time. And then usually I share one every time and I have quite a few wild <laughs> things that have happened to me in my life and I'm typically always high. So it's perfect. Um, <laughs> nice. So I've, it's a good time. Uh, if any of you friends want to be on there, you let me know. I would love to. Um, I think it'd be fun because I could tell you about the time I got so high that I thought I had died and had to bring myself back to life. Um, <laughs> really fun. Yes, please. Uh, also, I feel like it's a great podcast that you should listen to. I've listened to a few episodes since a lot of friends have been on it. It's it's a good time, um, and you. it's a good time for podcasts. So what are you what are you waiting for, the listeners? Go get out there. Stop being nerds. Yeah, listen to it. They're about like some of them range from 30 minutes, some of them range to an hour, but they're perfect for like working out, like go around the block a couple times or like I need to get out of the house and go exercise. This is the time. Yeah. yeah. I always think there should be more um, short podcasts around that length. Oh. Yeah, I agree with that too. I, I like when there's a good short length podcast. I also like the really long length ones that like release once a month, kind of like the Dana Gold Hour when they're doing that format. Mm. Um, but I'd say for plugs, I think that works pretty well for plugs, too, because once again, it's pandemic time, so it's been a little sparse for doing anything. But um, I do a, for a podcast with Hobart Thompson and a few others playing D&D called Desk and Day Jobs. <laughs> We've been doing uh, live stream episodes for a side quest that's been really fun, that's fun to watch um, with Liz Getty and Spencer Blair and Gwen Hope. And we're having our next one on Friday the 31st, so it'll come out right before this, after this is released, which is nice. Um, just follow it on Twitch, Desk and Day Jobs on Twitch. It's really fun to watch. Um, but that's it for my plugs. It's my only other plug is wear a fucking mask, you idiot. 
What are you doing? <laughs> I'll, I'll, plug bo- I'll plug both of those. Yeah. <laughs> Thank what Brandon you. said. Brandon, edit yeah. it so it sounds like I'm saying what you just said. Yes. Uh, let's say. Let's try to say it in unison, then I'll just put it together, and it'll be really weird. Okay. Where? I love Gundam. Brandon, I we're love supposed Gundam. to talk together. Okay. I. Oh no. <laughs> um, yeah. I think we, uh, we did it. Guys, we did it. Did anybody else want to? That was such a good pl- time. Did anybody want to plug anything else though, or is it? Is it yeah, I do want to say Summer Camp Island is a good like disconnect from the world if you need magic in your life, but also something very cute and pure and sweet and nothing like the conflict is so adorable. Yeah, and that's on <laughs> HBO Max right now. Also, it Doom Patrol. Really, that it was watch. a Cartoon Network show originally, wasn't it? Do I remember that? Yeah. They, they, they only aired a couple of episodes, but. Yeah. So what the fuck is HBO Max? Like, it's not as different from no HBO one knows. Go? Yeah. It's HBO Go, but also Cinemax. And, and okay, because I know, I know that stuff. all the the DC Universe shows that they're going to keep picking up are going to be moved there. I know Doom Patrol's on there now. Though I don't think they have to have a, a partnership with Warner Brothers and uh, yeah, Hanna Barbera because they, have, they have a lot of Cartoon Network shows too. Yeah, yeah, oh, and the yeah. Harry Potters, and nobody else has Harry Potter. Yeah, but I do. I, I'll end on this for the episode. You should get HBO Max or consider it because it has Clifford, the Martin Short classic, on it, which everyone should watch at least once in their life, and they should watch <laughs> it very high so they can be more frightened than they've ever been frightened in their life. <laughs> the, the, the Martin Short Charles Grodin movie. Oh, baby, you know it. You like that movie? I don't like that movie. <laughs> I love that movie. <laughs> um, but, yeah, we should uh, we should go on the usual note. Right, let's see if we can get to line up this time, guys. You, you guys ready? Yeah. yeah. All right. Three, two, one. You're going to like the way, like the way, way fuck, I, guarantee. I guarantee. I always forget I if it's you or I. I. Yeah, I think we have the discussion every time I and we never it. decide. <laughs> I, I think we decided, we decide a different thing every week. That's fine. Yeah, if it's a royal we or if it's an I, but you know what matters the most? I love you guys. Love you guys, love too. You too. I love right. you guys, too. Aw, that's nice. Aww. We regret that you have not yet complied with our order. This show has been brought to you by Machine Culture. The words get stuck in my throat. <laughs> <laughs>